God is here. We serve the King of Kings. Somebody say we serve the King of Kings. And we thank God for this church. We thank God for our pastor. Uh, why don't we pray for our pastor right now? Let's pray God would heal and touch and help him and strengthen him and give him direction. Lord, right now in the blood, in the name of Jesus, we bind any sickness and we try to come against our pastor. In the name of Jesus, we loosen healing virtue right now into his body. With your stripes, he's already healed. We pray right now, we bind together as the church binds together in your name, believing for his healing, God. Strengthen him and raise him up, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God is good, God is good. If you believe God is healing our pastor, clap your hands. If you believe God has healed him, say amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. As you remain standing, we're going to go to two scriptures. And uh, if you can hold in place Psalm 23, verse 6. And then uh, if you've got another piece of paper, you can hold 2 Samuel chapter number 9. And uh, we greet you in Jesus' name, everybody. And uh, why don't we do this? Everybody have a seat real quick. And uh, why don't the Sunday school uh, staff, if you're here, uh, the Children's Ministry Kid Challenge, if you stand, let's give these guys a hand clap. Let's give them a hand clap. Let's give the Sunday school teachers a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us some great teachers, giving us some great uh, people that love your kids. And uh, I thank you again, and I give them honor. I give them high honor. They're, they're the unsung heroes of the church, as Pastor has said, right? In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. So if you hold in your place uh, Psalm 23, verse 6, and then 2 Samuel chapter 9, I do want to just slow down and look in the camera if pastor's watching today. I just want to say thank you to pastor. Uh, he has influenced and impacted my life so much. I, I look right in the camera, sir, and I appreciate you. I do want to uh, say a few things about pastor here. Uh, you know, long time ago, you guys have heard me say this, but three acts of kindness. Somebody say three acts of kindness. Three acts of kindness that my pastor has shown me that I didn't deserve. And you know, sometimes we need mercy. Somebody say we need mercy. Yes. And uh, you know, Pastor Smelser has, has, has been very key in my life in, in three areas. And uh, as you guys have heard me say, pastor has shown me kindness when I was a kid. And uh, when I needed uh, finances to go to uh, camp, he invited me over and let me mow his yard. And then he, he paid my way to youth camp. And I was renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost because of his kindness. Because of his kindness. And then a second, a second act of kindness that I just want to look in the camera and say thank you, Pastor. You know, he pulled me aside. He took me to his office. I thought I was in trouble. And uh, I said, man, he's calling me into his office. And then he... He said, you know, Brother Mo, I need you to lead Sunday school. And uh, that's been many moons ago. And for the pastor to show me kindness, to, 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 to trust me in that area. Sir, I thank you for that. Not only helping me to mow and to go to camp, 
but for, for relying and trusting in me and empowering me to do ministry for the children. I thank you, sir. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. And then one more, one more thing. I remember it's been a while, but uh, this is when Pastor would travel the land for, for children's ministry. He would speak at all the seminars. And uh, I remember telling him telling me, he said, pack your bags for the mo." He said, you're going to go with me to, to this seminar. You, you're going to teach and I'm going to teach. And I'll never forget those days that the man of God extended kindness to me. Somebody say kindness. kindness. And, uh, you know, I didn't deserve that kindness, but it was because of that kindness that I discovered my purpose in the kingdom. Th those three acts of kindness helped shape my life. And, and that's the reason why I'm here today is because Pastor Smelser's kindness in my life as a youth, as a minister, and also as an evangelist, sir, from the bottom of my heart, I bless you and I thank you in the name of Jesus. I praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may stand in Jesus' name. You may stand. I see uh, that we're, we, uh, we're in Psalm 23, verse 6, and I uh, greet everyone in Jesus' name. A little bit nervous, and they already put all the props in place. We might have some kids' church here today. Somebody say Amen. All right, I see Eric over here, Luhan, and I see Crystal and her family. I, why don't we give them a hand for being here today? See some visitors here today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you guys for coming. We thank you in Jesus' name for coming. And why don't we read this scripture in Psalm 23, verse 6, and uh, it goes something like this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's, let's all, see, let's all uh, say it together. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 verse 6 in Jesus name. I want to recognize Sister Melissa for doing this and Sister Sylvia. Look at this. Y'all give my hand. Look at this stuff. Y'all might have to come and eat after church today. Psalm 23 verse 6 and uh, there's something prophetic in here. But as, as you can see, they can put that scripture back up. Surely goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy. If you couple these two verses together, and uh, these are covenant words. These are covenant words that if you combine them together, it means a steady kindness from a family member or a friend. I want you to think about the word kindness. I want you to think about kindness. And that second half of that scripture says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, the culmination of a covenant is that you get to sit down and you eat with that person. And you know what? Today, here's a prophetic word that God wants for this church. The kindness of the king is chasing after all of us. The kindness of the king is chasing each one of us right now. He is on your trail. He wants to show you kindness. He wants to show you favor. He wants to show you goodness. He wants to show you mercy. And the kindness of the king is after us today. And you know what? It says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He just doesn't want you to feel his kindness for one day. He wants you to feel his kindness forever. You're in the right place at the right time. If you need to repent, God is here to forgive you. If you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, He's here to give you His name in baptism. If you need the Spirit of God, the infilling of the power of the Holy Ghost, He's here to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as His Spirit gives you the utterance. 
Somebody say the king is after me today. You didn't know when you, you put on your, your clothes and you put on that $3 a gallon, uh, you put that in your tank and you, you stepped into this church. Guess what? Guess who's on your trail today? The kindness of God is looking for you tonight. If you believe it, I want you to raise your hand and I want you to say, Lord, I want your kindness. I want your goodness to, to capture me. I want your kindness and your goodness and your mercy to capture me, Lord. This is all about a relationship with Jesus, Lord. Every day, God, not just one day, but I want it to culminate in a fellowship that lasts forever in the name of Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise. The kindness of the king is here. And he's here ready. You know, I, I feel I feel in the Lord that this the notes may not be finished tonight. And I feel there might be some interruptions. There might be might be something that only God can do. A sovereign move of God. Somebody say we need a sovereign move of God. We need to stop looking at our watches and stop looking at the menu in our phone and begin to concentrate on the menu of the king. Begin to concentrate on the fellowship of the king. I know we can fellowship after church, but let's fellowship with the king. Let's fellowship with him. His kindness needs to capture us. One more scripture. If they can get 2 Samuel 9, 13, and then we'll shoot up the, uh, the, uh, the title for today. Let's read this in 2 Samuel 9, verse 13. And uh, so Mephibosheth, it's kind of hard to say that word, huh? Mephibosheth, all right? I want us to do a little bit of English. What's the first two letters of that name? M-E. Somebody say, he's after me. He's chasing me. Praise God. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually. Somebody point at the king's table. He did eat continually and was lame on both his feet. Today we're going to talk on the topic of this, discovering Mephibosheth. Discovering Mephibosheth. If you want God to do something tremendous in your life, just lift your hands. I feel the Lord here. I feel the Lord here. Jesus, speak to us, Lord Jesus. Speak to our hearts today. Help us to be God in one mind, with one accord. Let us receive the word of God as the church, as the whole church combined together. Collectively, God, let us receive this word and let us move with this word collectively today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We love you and we praise you, my king. We praise you, my God. Let's give a hand clap to the king. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You may be seated in Jesus name. And uh, thank you again for being here. And we're in an awesome church today. We're in a church that, bought, that is bought by the blood of Jesus, that is called by his name. Somebody say, we have been shown kindness. And the kindness of God is all over this place. The kindness of God, his goodness is all over this place. And you know what? Uh, I just came back from the Houston area and I had the opportunity to stay at a church. I stay, I was a church mouse for, for several days and I stayed in the church and... 
And that's the blessed place to be is the church of the living God. The church of the living God is the best place to be on earth. Somebody say amen. amen. And so we want to start. If you want, if you're in 2 Samuel chapter number 9, we're going to go through uh, the story of discovering Mephibosheth. And this to me uh, is very new because uh, we, we did these lessons in, out of town. We did in, in the kids evangelism and the church there in uh, Liberty, Texas. They had this theme of uh, being called to the kingdom. And so they asked us to do this theme. And so we carried it over to tonight. And so I believe there's kids that got the Holy Ghost that were renewed in the Holy Ghost at those services. There were so many kids baptized by the Spirit of God. And I thank God for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Because His Word is true. So 2 Samuel chapter 9. If they can just put verse number 1 up there, we can just go verse for verse. If, if, if the Lord allows. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Somebody say kindness. You know what? A long time ago, I, w- I should not be standing here, Brother Stewart. I shouldn't be standing here at, on this podium here. Because many years ago in the mid-80s, uh, downtown Odessa, right by the Salvation Army, there used to be a trailer park. And back then, those trailers, they were burning like they were firecrackers. Almost every month, there was a trailer that was burned. And, you know, being in a family, a large family, my mom, my dad, my brothers, and my sisters, our trailer burned while we were asleep. But it was by the grace and the kindness of God that my dad was awake, and he had the soldier mentality to throw us out and to get my mom out. And you know what? God showed me his kindness because when we moved to the second trailer, that's when the bus ministry of this church began to come and knock on our door. The kindness of God through life challenge. Somebody began to beat on the door. Somebody began to beat on that door and, and uh, call on my older brother and my sister and then me like a chicle. I just stuck, I just stuck to, to my brothers and my sisters and, uh, and uh, I began to go to Sunday school and... Uh, Back then, I didn't have much clothes, and uh, you guys heard me say I have the old famous green suit, but uh, the kindness of God had reached me, and uh, the kindness of God, His kindness was shown to our family. And I believe today, as as we leave this congregation today, as we leave this building, uh, that the kindness of God that we receive and that we get revelation from, that we will realize that the kindness of God can reach through us to other people that we have been reached by kindness. Now it's our turn to reach out in kindness to other people. The kindness that has reached us, now we need to reach out in the same way. And you know what? Some of, some of us here, we have been reached in the most desperate situations. Maybe we were on drugs. Maybe we were on alcohol. Maybe we were on the backside of nowhere. But God sent somebody for you. God sent somebody to you so that you can be here. So you can be born again of the water and of the spirit. The same kindness that brought you into this place. Let it lead you and guide you to help other people. Let the kindness of the king. That's point number one. Let the kindness of the king reach through you now. Now that the king has reached you. Now let's reach in the same way. To whom much is given, much is required. Somebody say amen. amen. And you know what? That, go, go back to that first scripture if you don't mind. And uh, he said, David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul? Well, 
learning in Bible study, we all know that Saul was not David's friend. Saul was an enemy to David. And uh, David was on the trail. He was on the run because Saul was on his trail, right? And Mr. Saul was his enemy. And David was, was fleeing from Saul. And why would David reach back and say, hey, is there anybody left from the house of Saul? You know what? David should have reached in revenge. He should have said, let me wipe out the family of Saul. But he remembered something, everybody. He remembered that he made a pact with Jonathan. He, he made a covenant. And he said to Jonathan, to his best friend, he said, I'm going to show you kindness to your family. And you show my family some kindness. And the reason that he can reach into Saul's family is because he had a covenant. Everybody say he had a covenant. And his covenant was to be kind to, to his family. And you know what? It doesn't matter where you come from. You may be under family curses. You may be under your descendants might be wicked. But you know what? God is still reaching for people. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter their pedigree. God is going to still reach people besides that. You know what? God is going to give victory uh, here tonight because you know what? God is going to give us the eyes of the king to reach through people. It doesn't matter where they came from and where they, what they're doing. We need to reach with the eyes of kindness and we need to look at them as kings and daughters and queens and bring them into the kingdom of God. Somebody say it doesn't matter their descendants. It doesn't matter their ancestors. And look what David did. David reached into the house of Saul. And somebody say, for Jonathan's sake. There's a scripture in Ephesians 4.32. It says, be ye kind. The kids have been learning that scripture. Be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. He could have looked at Saul and said, can you put that scripture up? Thank you, sir. Uh, he could have looked at Saul and said, you know what, I'm going to take revenge out on this man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take out revenge. You know what Saul did? Saul was full of pride. Saul was full of disobedience. But you know what? David said, I'm going to still reach into his family because there was one called Jonathan. And you know what? I was fixing to call you boys and girls. We still need to reach into this world for the Christ's sake. For Christ's sake, we need to reach people for Christ's sake. Just like David reached into Saul's family. For Jonathan's sake. We need to reach into this world for Christ's sake. Even though they're the enemies of the cross. Even though uh, they're sinners. Everybody say we hate the sin. But love the sinner. God in, in, in spite of everything. God still reaches people. And it doesn't matter your background. No matter what. The heart of the king. Still reaches. Anywhere and for anybody. The heart of the king reaches anywhere and for anybody. We have been reached for Christ's sake. Aren't you glad that somebody reached you for Christ's sake? Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus that has made you nigh by the blood of Jesus? He had made you come nigh unto him by his blood. You know, there's an outreach this Saturday. There's an outreach that Brother Daniel Pastor has been promoting. Could it be that God is setting us up so that we can reach out in kindness? Yes. Come on. The other day, I don't know if G's here. Brother G, are you here? It's Brother Luke here. These guys, we were at Bible study on a Tuesday night. And uh, 
we had just got to do with the block party with the uh, uh, neighbors group about a couple weeks before. And we had intended to do this fun thing and then afterwards do a Bible study. So uh, there were several that came to the Bible study. And uh, even G's dad came to the Bible study. And then he came to church and got the Holy Ghost that, that next week or something like that, right? And uh, I thank the neighbors group, the, that small group, uh, whatever fellowship group that did that block party. But it turned into a home Bible study. So Mr. G over there, G. Davila III, Brother Guillermo, if y'all don't know him, you're, you're blind, but he's right over there. He took us to a lady that uh, is there at the apartments. Her name is Miss Nettie. And uh, she, she runs a store at that, at that apartment, at Arbor Terrace apartment. She runs a little store uh, and she sells ice cream and uh, snow cones, I mean, and uh, chips and all that. Well, we go and visit her because G said, let's, we, let, let's go visit her. So we went and visited her, and uh, she opened the door. She let us in. Her, her brother, Rodney, had been, uh, you know, admitted into the hospital, and she needed prayer for him. And so we went into to Solar. We went in there, and we prayed. And uh, somehow the kindness of the king stepped into that place. And uh, we began to talk to Miss Nettie. And then some, some way, somehow, we begin just to minister to her under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And uh, we told her, we, we told her, thank you, Miss Nettie, for showing kindness to your brother. Because that's the only person that that man has. He's in a wheelchair now. And uh, I told her, I said, Miss Nettie, thank you for your kindness to your brother. And we began to pray. Miss Nettie began to cry. She began to get touched by the Holy Ghost that evening. She began to give us a hug. and The Holy Ghost was in that place. And uh, I could feel it even now. Like I felt it there. And Miss Nettie was wrapped up in kindness. It was so amazing to see her. And you know why today now, every Bible study on Tuesday, she still... She still uh, does her store. She can't leave her house. But Mr. G puts her on three-way or two-way on speaker. And she hears the Bible study. And she's tuned in to the Bible study on Tuesday. Even though she cannot come, she said, I'm listening to that Bible study. God is touching my life. An act of kindness. And Miss Nettie, I don't know if she's listening to this, but Miss Nettie, she needed that touch of God that evening. And uh, maybe while we're passing out flyers this weekend, the kindness of the king can work through us, work through our smile, work through our words, work through our intentions. Why don't we pray right now for that effort? Why don't we pray and ask God, God, work through me in kindness. And let somebody get the Holy Ghost just standing right at their door because they feel the kindness of the king. Lord, they feel right now, they don't feel... Uh, they don't feel hate towards towards the church. They don't feel hate from us. Let them feel kindness. Let them feel the goodness of God. Let them feel the King coming into their life. Go ahead. That's it. Just like he visited Miss Nettie. He can visit here today. He can visit you. He can touch you. He can work through you. While you're knocking on the doors, the kindness of the King. 
can touch you and work through you. He alabohosa. He alabohosa. Yandalalabohosa. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to verse 2. And he said, There was of the house of Saul a servant that was left whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. Can you go to the next one? And the king said, So you can picture it now. This guy, Ziba, walking into the king's palace. And the king tells him, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul? And then he says, That I may show the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is laying on his feet. Verse 3 describes this young man that is left from the house of Saul. You guys remember the pride, the disobedience of Saul ripped the kingdom from him. God ripped the kingdom from him. And all that was left of his legacy was somebody that could not even stand on his own two feet. You see, fixing call you boys and girls one more time. You see that if we don't obey the Lord, here's another point. We don't act in vengeance towards people. We don't act in revenge towards people. We don't act in pride towards people. We don't act in disobedience to God. That's what happens. The legacy of Saul was just on this one young man that couldn't even stand on his feet. This should warn us not to be prideful. This should warn us to act in kindness. This should warn us not to act in vengeful ways. But this should teach us that David is like God reaching for us. David is like God reaching for us, even in his kindness. Somebody say in his kindness. And uh, Mr. Jonathan's son, which is laying on his feet. Go to the next verse. And the king said unto him, where is he? I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to what happened to to this young man named Mephibosheth. Somebody tap your feet. Somebody say he was lame. And Mr. Mephibosheth, they say that he was about five years old whenever he became lame. Mr. Mephibosheth was just a young guy. And uh, this was at the time where King Saul and Jonathan were fighting the Philistines, Philistines, however you want to say it. And uh, it was a time of war. And this time of war, uh, it was not good for Saul. It was not good for Jonathan. Word got back to the palace that Jonathan and Saul were murdered in the war. So as you can think about it, think about it in your mind, your creative mind. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mephibosheth is five years old and he hears his grandpa's dead. Mephibosheth is five years old and he hears that his dad is dead. And then next thing you know, he hears his mom screaming. 
he hears the whole palace in chaos. Everybody's running for cover. Everybody's getting out of there because they're fixing to come for his for Saul and Jonathan's family. So as they race down the steps, Mr. Mephibosheth is in the arms of his mom and then a nurse grabs him. And when the nurse grabs him, as they're running down the steps of that palace, they drop Mephibosheth. And when they drop Mephibosheth, not only is Mephibosheth faced in the fear, in the face of death from his grandfather and father, now Mr. Mephibosheth becomes crippled. Now Mr. Mephibosheth is becoming disconnected from his palace. Now Mr. Mephibosheth begins to disappear from the scene. And now Mr. Mephibosheth has no dad, ripped away from his mother, lame on his feet, and disconnected from his purpose. Mr. Mephibosheth, it's not your fault. Mr. Mephibosheth, we know you're crippled. Mr. Mephibosheth, we know you're not in the palace anymore. You're just a five-year-old boy running for your life. You're just a five-year-old boy that needs some kindness from the king. They grab Mephibosheth and they take him to Lodabar. He stays there and he becomes dependent on somebody else. He needs to be in the palace. He's the next in line. Now he's having to depend on somebody else. Now he's in a place called Lodabar. Now he's crippled. Now he has no dad. Now he has no grandpa. If you didn't hear the list of all the things that he went through. And the list that the kids go through today. I thank you again Sunday school. I thank you again for reaching into Mephibosheth's life. I thank you again for bringing kindness to people. I thank you again that you don't know what people go through. But it's the kindness of God that works through the church. It's the kindness of God that works through people that needs Jesus. They grab Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth's only toys I was reading the other day a four and a five year old kid. Somebody say a four and a five year old kid wants to use his legs. From a parent's perspective, I'm going to give you two to three things. At the age of four or five, children begin to hop and climb for the Jones, but not Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, you can't swing because if you swing, if you come down, you won't be able to land. Mr. Mephibosheth, I'm sorry. You won't be able to do somersaults on the trampoline. Mr. Mephibosheth, won't be able to use your muscles, my friend. Mr. Mephibosheth, I know you're frustrated physically. I'm going to take a pause right here. 
Now, you're a, if you're a deep reader, you begin to see now that David is God and that we are Mephibosheth. Every one of us in this place is thinking, oh, Mephibosheth, that's him. No, no, no. David is God and we are Mephibosheth. Because we go through situations. We go through trials. We have been crippled. The Bible says all have sinned. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We're on our way down. But you know what? It takes somebody with kindness like Jonathan to remember David, right? David remembered Jonathan's pact and covenant with him. Somebody say, God is reaching for us tonight. And Mr. Mephibosheth is taken to a land. It says there, go ahead back to number four, please. I'm sorry. He says, where is he? Now, this has been some years now. Mr. Mephibosheth is not five years old no more. Mr. Mephibosheth has grown up. He's probably got a son. He's probably got family now. And Mr. Mephibosheth has grown up. But the Bible says that he's still lame. And look where he's at, everybody. Slowing down here for a second. He's in the house of my care. The son, the son of Amnion and Lodabar. Mr. Mephibosheth is lame in Lodabar. Say that with me. Say he's lame in Lodabar. In other words, he's unable to move. That word Lodabar means nothing. Somebody say nothing veal. So the king, if you rewind it, you can just stay right there. But if you rewind it in your mind, King David is reaching for somebody that's in nothingville. King David is reaching for somebody that's nothing, that cannot move on his own. It is the grace of God that has appeared unto all men. Right? It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. We didn't have to act on it. Everybody say God chose us first. We didn't choose him. And the kindness of God is here. Yes. So this five-year-old guy, he grows up in a, in a nowhere place, unable to move. Nothing happens there. There's nothing happening there. He's laying in Lodabar. And now you see the story. Now you see why King David is acting the way he's acting. Because somebody is needing a touch. Somebody is needing a touch from the king. You know, here in Life Challenge, our, our, our mission in Sunday school is advanced apostolic kids. Now you guys probably know why advanced apostolic kids. There's kids out there in Odessa. They're in nothingville that cannot move on their own. But I thank God for the bus ministry. I thank God for the street ministry that goes into nothingville and gets kids moving into the purpose of God. It's all about advancing apostolic kids. If you can picture kids that cannot move on their own, kids that have been lame because of their parents, not, not their fault. They're in their, their situation and in their state because of their parents. But can Jesus the King reach through you and say one more time, 
I'm going to Nothingville and I'm going to reach somebody for the king. I'm going to go into Odessa, Texas, and I'm going to reach people that cannot move on their own. I'm going to go into these neighborhoods. I'm going to go into this Nothingville and I'm going to reach a Mephibosheth. Somebody say, I'm reaching Mephibosheth. Don't let the kids stay stuck in Mephibosheth and in Lodabar. Don't let Mephibosheth be stuck in Lodabar. Don't let the kids get stuck in Odessa in a sinful state. Don't let the, the game rooms come in and override the spirit of this thing. Don't let the bars and things like that take over Odessa. Where is the church? Where is the church? Where is the king people? Where is the people that are of the kingdom? Where is the people reaching? Reaching to Lodabar. Reaching to Lodabar. I had this crazy idea, Brother Jesse was telling me that he's going to Baton Rouge. You know, he said that they feed a lot of kids in Baton Rouge on the buses that, that come in. You know, there's a lot of cooks here. We can feed all the kids that come to Sunday school here. Kindness. If there could be some people that the Lord can touch because of kindness. Because of kindness. Somebody say kindness. We can feed people. We can have even a clothes uh, a closed little store that we can have for, for kids. We can feed people. We can feed them and we can empower them. The church, God is getting ready to set us up to do something in this last days so that we can reach the most Mephibosheths that are lame, that cannot do for themselves, that it's not their fault. The king is reaching to Nothingville. Close your eyes and say that. Say the king is reaching to Nothingville. The other day, I was talking to Brother Henry. And Brother Henry said, Brother Mo, don't tell everybody. So don't give me the mic. I'll tell everybody. He said he was buying pizza with his own money. He said him and somebody else that will remain anonymous. In a church this size, in the God this big. Come on, come on. We shouldn't be struggling to reach Mephibosheth. Come on. We have the whole palace. We have the king's uh, resources. Why are we holding back on the Mephibosheth in this city? Why are we holding back on the Mephibosheth in this city? I give everything right there. We should be able to feed every child that comes into our church. We should be able to close every child that comes into our church. We should be able to empower every child that comes to our church. Not just feed them physically, but feed them spiritually. But they need us physically first. Yeah, y'all just keep coming. This is going to bus ministry. And if that other money was for children's ministry, get it out. Give it to them. Because they're reaching the Mephibosheth. I once was a Mephibosheth. Let's worship God right now. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. We're not done. God's not done yet. God's got another word here. God's got another word here. He's doing something right now. He's doing something right now. We ought to be able to finance bus ministry for the rest of the year. We ought to be able to bus in the rest of the year more kids than we've ever bust in. Come on, let the kindness of God get to your heart. Come on, come on. Buying greediness, buying greediness right now. That doesn't come from the palace. Greediness does not come from the palace. 
shouting we don't need to shout we need to soak and we need to surrender we have too much shouting let's not have our shout be empty let us soak in the kindness of God let something come from within that cries out and says send me where is he go to verse 4 he said where is he Where is he that I want to show kindness to? Is he at Arbor Terrace? Is he at Arbor Oaks? Is he at some trailer park on the west side? Where is Mephibosheth tonight? He can't come to the church. He's lame. Don't let the kids stay stuck in Lodabar. Thank you, Eric. The king is reaching to Nothingville. Not only is the king reaching, the king is calling. I can imagine King David talking to Ziba, peeking from the window of the palace. Brother Miguel reaching that window and saying, Ziba, where is he? Where's the next Bible study? Where's the next baptism out there? Where's the next person getting healed and delivered? Where's that kid that's going to become the next Sunday school leader? Where's the next bus driver? Where is he? He's in Lodabar. Come on, y'all. Let's let's do something. I feel the Holy Ghost and a little bit of courage for my pastor right now. Sir, I'm doing this for you and I'm doing it for the King. Because I know that's how you would do it. I know that this is the culture of our church. Our church shouldn't be going backwards. We should be losing kids. We should be losing buses. We should be losing workers. This is an ever-increasing kingdom. There should be some new bus workers from this service. Brother Jesse, there should be some new bus workers. I can even dare say, Sister Lord, Brother Devin, there should be some new Bible study teachers that are hanging by Jesus, by the King, and looking out of the palace and saying, Where is He? <laughs> Where is he? Where is Mephibosheth? Let me, let me know where he's at. Let 
Let me know where he's at. That's it. Feel the boldness. Pastor would hear, we're here. He would say, let's not just go halfway. Let's go all the way. And let's give it our best shot. Do we believe in the rapture of the church? Do we believe in the imminent return of Christ? Then why are we still on our cell phones all day? Why are we still doing what we're doing? And why is not the concern of the king coming into our hearts again? The king is coming. Somebody say the king is coming. Let's speak in tongues for a little bit. We're going to open the altars in a, in a minute. Let's have an altar right now. Let's have an altar. Let's have an altar in our pew right now. Let's, let's, let, the, let's let the eye salve of Jesus. Let's let the healing balm of Gilead touch our eyes. Let it touch our hearts right now. Come on, come on, come on. Let Christ be formed in us. Let Christ be formed in us. That's it. We're moving into a deeper dimension. We're moving into a dimension with the King. We're moving into a dimension with the King. Can we stand by the King? Can we have the heartbeat of the King? Can we reach Mephibosheth? He's in Lodabar tonight. Mephibosheth is in Lodabar tonight. That's it. This city needs the church to pray like this. Hallelujah. 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 Let the altar come to you tonight. Hallelujah. Let the altar come to you tonight. Let the heart of the king pound in your chest tonight. Let the heart of the king, where is he? Where is Mephibosheth? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We need some help in a minute. Got to get to this point. It's okay, we have some. Holy Ghost hiccups here for a second. Let him prepare our hearts. Might need some help in a minute from a couple guys, maybe two or three guys. I need Brother Jesse Franco to. I want him to do something here in a minute. But uh, come on now, Brother Jesse. But Jesse's teaching Bible studies in this work. Put this on, bro. I don't know how it goes. Yeah. Franco, I was talking to him the other day. Just sit over there. Talking to him the other day, just brother to brother. He was provoking me into good works. I'm not in competition with Brother uh, Franco, but when he told me he was teaching Bible studies, man, I was like, thank God, thank God. 
If somebody's teaching Bible studies, somebody's on the bus route, let's not have ill with them. Let's not turn our back on them. Let's not become like Saul. Let's have the spirit of Jonathan. Let's say, let's live. we're working together. Somebody say, we're working together. Help each other. Help encourage your brother. If he's doing something right, don't shun him away. Let's, let's, let's encourage our brothers that's teaching Bible studies. Let's encourage our sisters that's teaching Bible studies. I know that's going to hurt a little bit. That hurt me. There was a time I thought, I'm the only one that's teaching Bible studies. Oh, I'm not going to hang around with that person that's teaching Bible studies. They're radical. They're crazy. There needs to be a reviving of soul winning. A reviving of a heart for the lost. And if somebody's doing it, get behind them. If somebody's saying, we're teaching somebody, say, hey man, I'll take the donuts. I'll take the, the, the root beer. I'll help you. The other day I was talking to Brother Henry. He said, Brother Mo, when you go visit that, those young men, he said, call me up. I'm going to go with you. Kindness of the King, working through Brother Henry. He said, I'm, I'll go with you and I'll help you grow instead of you going alone. Verse 5. 5 through 6. The King sent and fetched him out of the house of Makir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. David sends people to go get Mr. Mephibosheth. Mr. Mephibosheth shaking in his boots that he could barely feel on his feet. Mr. Mephibosheth is sweating. Mr. Mephibosheth is afraid because you know what? He said, I, this is it for me. They're coming for me. The dynasty of Saul's family is over and uh, David is calling for me. I'm dead. I'm dead. They fetched him from nowhere. He was not only crippled, but he was hidden away for many years. Just to survive. But it wasn't the wrath of King David that knocked on his door. It was the kindness of King David that knocked on his door. It was the kindness of King David that fetched him. It was the kindness of King David. Can you imagine King David sitting on his throne? Would you just think a little bit about Jesse? Think about it. He said, I wonder if Mephibosheth was found. I wonder if they found him. I hope they found Mr. Mephibosheth. How many souls is God awaiting here through our efforts of Bible study and outreach and Sunday school and street ministry and jail and Spanish and ladies and guys and youth. The king is waiting for us to fetch him. The king is waiting for us to come out of Lodabar with the Mephibosheths. Next scripture says, verse 6, I believe, says this. Now when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, 
he fell. Sammy, come on up. They brought Mephibosheth in. Can you do a little bit of acting? Just, just very slowly. They bring in Mr. Mephibosheth. Stand right there. That was good. Y'all give him a hand. And the scripture says, basically he's done. Falls on his face. Can you do that? Maybe just kneel down. And David stands from his throne. He just says one word. Mephibosheth. And Mr. Mephibosheth answered, Your servant, I'm here. Your servant, I'm here. Next scripture. And David said unto him, to my favorite words, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake. And look what he said. This surprised Mephibosheth. He said, I will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. These two brothers right here. Brother uh, Silas and you, Brother Tortoise. Want you to have a seat, King David. Sit right here, one of you guys. Stay right there, Sammy. Press pause, everybody. These are David's sons. Can you go to the next scripture? Mr. Mephibosheth bows and says, What is thy servant? Thou shouldest look upon such a dog, dead dog as I am. Mr. Mephibosheth coming out of Nothingville, crippled, stands bowing now before the king and said, I'm dead. I'm nothing. Go to the next verse. The king called that servant Ziba and said, basically, let's go through this, go to the next verse. He says, I'm going to give him back everything. Go to the next verse. Matter of fact, Ziba, you take your sons and you take your servants and you go work for Mephibosheth. You restore him his land and you bring him his fruit. But, verse 11, according, Ziba said, I'll do it. And then the king turns to Mephibosheth and he says, Point at him and say, you, you shall eat at my table. Shall eat at my table. As one of the king's sons. As one of the king's sons. Stand over here, bro. Stand over here. Those are his sons. His sons come to eat every day. Go to verse 12. Mephibosheth had a son also, Micah. And all that dwelt in the house was evil were servants unto Mephibosheth. Now, here's my crazy mind at work. Sunday school, children's ministry mind. Can you go down? Can you go back? 
The next scripture, verse 13, and we're almost done. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually. And when you get to this table, Sister Melissa said, y'all can eat. Go ahead. Just don't dirty the carpet. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table. And he was lame on both his feet. Want you? I want both of you. I want both of you guys. I want both of you guys to come. Both of you sons, come. Could you imagine every day coming to the king's table? David was so proud of his sons. Thank you, Brother Brian. David even said Mephibosheth will eat at his table like one of his sons. When they came through the courtyard and through the hallway of that palace, go ahead and sit down. It was good, Mr. He was happy. Go ahead and eat. He was happy. But can you, Brother Roy, can you imagine with me, Brother Prentice, when he heard down the hallway the crutches of Mephibosheth coming to the table, what excited him more were not just his sons coming to the table, but what excited King David, what made him arise from his throne, he said, son, Mephibosheth is coming. When he heard those crutches, stop right there. When he hears your prayers, when the king hears you coming, even in your distress, even in your pressures, even in your brokenness, the king is waiting. And Mr. Mephibosheth gets to the palace gets to the room to eat. One of his sons gets up and goes because he knows the king's favorite is coming. Even though he's different. Even though he's been in Lodabar. Even though he's been broken. This is how King Jesus welcomes us. Everybody close your eyes. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the King is calling you to His table. There's plenty to eat. There's joy, pleasures at His right hand. No longer in the land of Lodabar. David speaks, fear not. The Holy Ghost is saying, fear not. I'm fixing to restore to you everything that you lost. And I'm fixing to give you more. The seat of the table has your name, Mephibosheth. I wonder who here tonight 
says, you know, that's my seat. That's my Jesus that wants me to come up. That's my Jesus. That's my seat. That's my chance. And as Jesus hears the crutches from your spirit, he hears the crutches coming.